Welcome to Please Bet on Football Games. Hello and welcome to week two of the 2023 season, the Please Bet on Football Games podcast. I'm your host, Alex, here with the on-air talent, Joe. Joe, how are you doing today? We're doing good. It was a pretty good first week. It it was a solid first week. It it could have been a little bit better if Josh Allen didn't mm, poop his pants. It it felt like it was going to end really well, especially about four plays into the Jets game. <laughs> but then, yeah, Josh Allen decided to just play absolute fuck it ball. It was so it was so surreal too because as soon as Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles, I stopped. I stopped caring about the game until like the fourth quarter and I looked up and I was like, oh, damn it. They're only up by a touchdown. Does damn it count as a swear? I guess YouTube will tell us. Probably. Puritans. Probably owned by Disney. Speaking of swears, should we get to the bullshit report? Yeah, let's do it. All right. First up, I want to talk about our best bet. San Francisco over Pittsburgh or minus three. That, uh, that cashed. There has never been a less sweaty best bet. Like, literally, I charred, I chalked that up as a win within five minutes of the first quarter. It was already like 20 to nothing. Yeah, they got on them quick. It's We handicapped it perfect. No bullshit. The 49ers were dominant. The Steelers had no secondary, and the Steelers couldn't move the ball. We literally predicted everything. Yeah, all the Kenny Pickett offseason hype was proven to just be hype. This is why we don't upgrade quarterbacks based on preseason play. Exactly. All right, next game. Next game. Another win for us. We had Philly over New England, minus two and a half. This one was a little scarier. It's a good thing we used the parlay because it made it no sweat. Right. But we cleared the contest line of four and a half anyway. Now, it's tough to say. If you bet on New England, you probably think it's a bad beat because New England was a two-point conversion away from covering, and they were like maybe a foot away from converting on a fourth down to put them in touchdown range to win the game at the end of the game. Game, game, game. Uh, But... Philly also got out to a 22-0 lead or something like that, or a 16-0 lead. So the whole game was garbage time. I think this was legit, but it is worth noting, Jalen Hurts was awful. So let's call this, I don't know, what's halfway between bullshit and not bullshit? Chicken shit. Mm, this is a bad fart. This is a dirty fart. It's not sh- It's not shit, but it's close, and I'm not comfortable. It's one you got to check on, but you're still... Yeah, like, you got to sneak off to the bathroom to like get a wipe in, but you don't know what's going to be on the wipe. Okay, I can get behind that. All right, so this is a wipe. In our third win of the week, we had Green Bay over Chicago, plus two and a half. Never a doubt. That's a ridiculous line. Thank you, odds makers. Yeah, that one felt real easy. Vegas knows. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Justin Fields, still bad, still can't read a defense. Wait, he's not him? He didn't learn how to play quarterback from the ground up in one summer? Uh, Clearly not. Mm. You want to see more about that? Check out my YouTube. Unless you're already on the YouTube, in which case, what's up? Yeah, plug the YouTube. YouTube. What's a YouTube name? Uh, uh, Money Where the Film Is. I think it's Money Where the Film Is, yeah. It is. I know, I follow it. Nice, thank you. Ain't no problem. I don't like the video, so I don't want to negatively influence the organic (laughs) likes. Anyway, on to some losses. Mm. A tougher part of the week. The Chargers were not able to pull it out in a game that was pretty exciting. And Tua turned into Superman in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But we lost that one. We had the Chargers minus two and a half. I think Miami won by what? Three? Two? Four? Something like that. Yeah, I think it was four. Four. Yeah, because they scored right at the end. Yeah. Towards the end. The uh, I say no bullshit. We deserve to lose this one. Like, yeah, the Chargers had a lead, a lead late. Yeah, they controlled most of the game. But when you bet on Brandon Staley having great ideas, 
you're gonna get your ass bit. And that's exactly what happened. Like the the Chargers just went into turtle mode and they played really stupid defense and the Dolphins torched them for it. Yeah, and we knew this one was a little touchier because it was two good teams. It was more that we didn't believe in Tua. And, and we thought we had an advantage with Staley's defense because he figured out the Dolphins last year. Unfortunately, that did not carry. And Tua <laughs> was the Tua we thought he was for, for three, most of the game. For three quarters, he was an F quarterback. But he was lights out in the fourth. Unbelievable. Incre- yeah. Like, legit. You guys know I don't like Tua. In the fourth quarter, he was an excellent quarterback. Yeah, it was kind of like we handicapped the game perfectly for three quarters. We did. And then it went to shit. But I think it's a righteous loss. No bullshit. Yeah, that's righteous. I like like that term. A righteous loss? Mm, I like righteous generally. Yeah, it's a good word. Religious words, when not used in religious terms, can carry a lot of fun weight. There's some chutzpah in there. Nice. And on to Monday night, our last loss... We had the Buffalo Bills over the Jets minus one and a half. Uh, That did not hit as the Jets returned a punt in overtime to win the game. All right, so what's more bullshit? The fact that Aaron Rodgers got hurt four snaps in after playing badly in his four snaps. Sample size, but looking inept. Sure. Or the fact that Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Maybe. Played like, like so bad, like incomprehensibly bad, like not even bad at quarterback, just like maybe he got concussed before the game and didn't tell anybody. You had a perfect tweet about him, which is, it's like if you made a football player that was made up solely of highlights and bloopers. Yeah. Because every single play was either like, wow, how impressive, or holy shit, what are you doing? Yeah. It was it was like the rookie version of Josh Allen. Yeah, he he devolved. It, it, I don't know. This is a wiper. Honestly, like legitimately, what I think we should do with this game is forget it happened. It was so weird. I think so too. I mean, I don't think it was necessarily bullshit just because Rogers tore his Achilles on the fourth snap. But it's also crazy that Josh Allen went completely brain dead. I mean, like he he does that from time to time. Zach Wilson was substantially, substantially better than Josh Allen in a Monday Night Football game. Yeah, it's like that's bad. Josh Allen has those moments where he does that insanely bad shit, but he normally balances that it out with some really good plays. And he and- never does that in good in big games either. So. This is the first. Yeah, and he he didn't really balance it with that many good plays. He definitely didn't have, like, the, you know, classic Josh Allen bombs that he runs around and then turns it into a great play. It was just kind of runs around and then it gets fucked up. Or, like, fumbles the snap, picks it up, butt fumbles off his offensive lineman's butt. Yeah, it it was a rough one. So I think that one is just a, a, a shit game. I mean, we lost. I'm, I have no qualms about us losing. I was laughing as they returned that punt. Because as soon as we went to overtime, it was like, this shit's over. Mm-hmm. But it is a little strange. And I don't want to say it was a complete righteous loss because Josh Allen did go brain dead. We got one more no bullshit, which is just our parlay. Like, yeah, Jacksonville beat Indy. Are you surprised? And then Washington beat the Cardinals. Are you surprised? Neither was a lucky win. They were both money line. Yeah. I think that one was good as well. Yeah. So on the week, winning week, mostly legitimate. Yeah, I agree. Good week. I think that's a good way to start off. I I don't actually know this for a fact. You probably have the numbers, but I feel like week one's normally not great for us. Week one has historically not been very good for us. Uh, but, well, so I've been doing this seven years. My first three years, week one was incredible for me. And then after that, I took a lull where like the next three years were not so good. And this being our seventh year, it was great. So maybe we're back on that beginner's luck upswing. Yeah, maybe it goes in three-year cycles. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, like want to get into week two? 
why don't we jump on in? All right, first up for week two, on Thursday night, we have the Minnesota Vikings going to play the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are minus six and a half. This game's tough to touch. Like, six and a half's a lot of points, and I don't feel comfortable enough with the Eagles that I would lay at money line as an anchor or as a leg, but I also don't trust the Vikings enough, especially against an Eagles team that we've seen beat their asses, to try to fucking catch the two field goal bump, you know? Yeah, this is one that I just want to stay away from. I think Minnesota is going to play better than they did last week. Yeah, they can't turn it over as much. It's just not possible. And I think a lot of teams that lose week one, especially that we expect to be above average, I feel like they normally bounce back in week two. And so I think the the Vikings are due to have a better game. But even though the Eagles won... They played like poorly. Yeah, I don't think they feel good about it. So I think they're going to be looking to come out and play a cleaner game as well. So I don't think there's much of a difference in like bounce back for either team. I like the Eagles. They've historically played really well against the Vikings. But six and a half after Jalen Hurts looked bad last week. It's a great game to watch. I agree. I think it'll be a fun game. It should be good football. But I don't want to bet on it. Yeah, no, me neither. I'm good with jumping. All right. Let's go to Sunday. And on to Sunday. First up. We have the Kansas City Chiefs going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are plus three and a half. This line has bounced a bit. Um, This line was minus two and a half after the Chiefs looked pretty poor on Thursday Night Football to open the week or open the season. And then Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones decided that they're playing football again. And now it's back at three and a half where it started. I don't know how to feel. You had a stronger opinion than me in uh, prep work. So why don't you lead? So at three and a half, I don't like it quite as much. I would love it at three, I think, for Kansas City. Yeah, it's tough not to take the Chiefs laying less than a field goal. Because I think, one, they're off a longer break. Chris Jones is back. And not only is he an actual difference maker on the field, and I think it's a big drop-off between him and the next guy, but I think he means a lot to their defense as well. Yeah, he's their leader. So getting him back will be a big boost. They lost, so I think they're pissed off. Yeah, they better be. And Kelsey should be playing, which is their entire offense. He makes the offense go. And it doesn't even matter if he's himself because it's purely, and another YouTube video I did, it's purely about Mahomes just not functioning mentally without Kelsey. So like, even if Kelsey's not very good, even if he can hardly move, it'll make Mahomes more comfortable and Mahomes will throw to the open receiver. Which is Kelsey. (laughs) (laughs) Normally, yeah. And I agree. I think it makes a difference for him. For Mahomes, he feels more comfortable. So it's good for the team. I think they're going to be due for a bounce back. Now, granted, Jacksonville looked good. Jacksonville was up and down. Trevor Lawrence looked good. Trevor Lawrence had... I, uh, I, I sent a text in a group chat of mine. Trevor Lawrence is the guy that will make every single person who has a strong opinion about him feel very stupid. Because he does, like Josh Allen, he does great stuff, but he also just underwhelms you pretty consistently. So like every time the guy who said Trevor Lawrence is going to be a bust stands up to cheer himself on, Trevor Lawrence will make a throw that's just not right. Like it's not probable and it's perfect and it's just amazing. And then you got to sit back down before you can open your mouth to cheer. But every time you try to stand up and crown Trevor Lawrence, he's going to do something dumb. So it's just a little bit too much volatility still. And I'm sure that that'll come out in the wash as he ages and matures. But when you're going against the Chiefs, it's tough to bet on that kind of volatility. And the Jaguars defense looks terrible. I don't want to touch it. I will. It's a great game. to. It will be on 
my TV to the extent that I'm allowed to watch football this weekend. When, when Stalin comes around, you mind your P's and Q's. <laughs> but I will certainly be watching the condensed game afterwards, if not. It's going to be a great game. Probably some live betting opportunities if the Chiefs get under three, but nothing I can commit to. I think if this was a different week where we didn't like some of these other games... We would bet on it by default? Yes. You know what? If this was a primetime game, we'd bet on it. We might, if yeah. this If this was the Thursday night game, I'd find a way. Probably, yeah. But I think we leave it. I like the Chiefs in this game, but I do think Jacksonville, they have the... They have some of that high-powered offense that can cause problems for they're, the Chiefs. They're explosive enough to keep up. Yes. So I don't love it. I do like the Chiefs, but I'm fine with leaving it and moving on. Let's jump. Next up in the noon slate, we have the Las Vegas Raiders going to play the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are minus nine. Moving on? or should, Wait, is it a leg? It might be too high to be a good leg, especially on a team that's so volatile, evidently. Yeah, I mean, I would feel pretty good if you got it at three, but just because they're going to bounce back. They can't They will like bounce that. back. And Vegas is horrible. All right, so possible teaser slash leg, Buffalo over the Raiders. But yeah, it's, it's just purely the Raiders' defense is crap, and the Bills have to be furious with themselves for blowing that game. Absolutely. I mean, you saw, if you saw Josh Allen's post-game interview, he was... Josh Allen's going to go beat the living shit out of some shiny objects if he can see his reflection in them. <laughs> yeah, he had a rough one. He took the entire blame. He was like, it just feels like the same thing from years no, ago. Like, he, he doesn't take the entire blame. He recognized the reality that he fucking stole that game from victory. I, I think Colt McCoy wins that game for the Bills. He might. I know Zach Wilson does because I watched it. <laughs> yeah, so I think this is a good leg, but... Nine, still too big of a number when Josh Allen just played like he did. Yeah, like knowing that that's out there. That possibility is out there. Um, a lot of people are talking about the Raiders because Jimmy G was like top five in EPA per play again. Don't care. That is a Broncos thing, and we'll get to that. That is not a Jimmy G thing. It is not a Raiders thing. Their offense was not efficient. It was not great. It was just the Broncos sucking. Next game? Yeah, let's move on. And next up, we have the Baltimore Ravens going to play the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are minus three. All right, this is another one that you feel more passionately about than me, so tell me why you like who you like. I like Cincy. I think these teams are pretty even, so I like it at minus three. But the Ravens just lost Marcus Williams. Yep. They lost... um, Mark Andrews. Tyler Linderbaum. The tackle. Uh, Tunsil. Mm-hmm. No. No. Stanley. Yes. And they lost another defensive player for the year, too, didn't they? Marlon Humphrey, it says he's still, he was limited this week. I thought they lost somebody else for the season. All right, so they lost a bunch of dudes. I mean, I'll stipulate to that. They lost a bunch of guys. So already. Good guys. Yes. And so uh, they lost a bunch of dudes. I think they were already struggling with switching to a new offense. Evidently. And now a bunch of major players are out. So I think they're going to be in a little bit of disarray. The Bengals absolutely cannot play as bad as they did last week. Okay, here's my thing. I worry. I don't think Joe Burrow's good. I never have. I've been roasted for it myriad times. But even I was shocked at how inept he looked against the Browns. Now, that could be in significant part due to the fact that it was wet out and he has tiny hands. But it wasn't raining in the third quarter. I don't know if you had the volume on. In the third quarter, it stopped raining. It stopped raining at halftime. Third quarter, it was dry. They dried the balls off at halftime. 
Then it rained again later. It rained again in the fourth quarter, but in the third quarter, there was it was substantially dry, and he still looked completely inept. I can't tell. I know, I know, one thing I know is that Joe Burrow's not that bad. He's not that bad. But I don't know if it's because he was hurt and rusty and therefore played poorly, or if it's because he just can't handle the weather. I don't know. And I don't want to bet on this game with the possibility that Joe Burrow is just devastated injured and can't throw the ball 10 yards downfield. Because he looked like old, like, uh, yeah, Dolphins Chad Pennington out there. That's fair, but I think things are only going to be getting better for him. So it can't be as bad, that's true. He's going to be less rusty. I don't think they would be trotting him out there if he was that hurt. You know what? The other thing is... And the Browns always play the Bengals well. The other thing is, the Houston Texans defense substantially shut down these Ravens, and the Bengals are better and have no offensive line, and Lamar can't throw or think. Okay, I'm starting to see some angles. I I just think that Baltimore, like, if... This was before week one. They literally. And you put this number out, you'd be betting on Cincy all day. And now you add in that, yeah, Cincy played like shit last week. Burrow literally couldn't throw. And, like, that just, that can't replicate. What if it's a material problem? Like, what if it's his, well, no. You're right. If he was that hurt, they wouldn't play him. Yeah. They just gave him all the money. Exactly. There's no way that, so I think. It had to be weird. Week one is always weird. He's a little rusty. He's a little hurt. And it was a little wet. It was a lot wet. And the Browns are in their head. Like the Bengals are in the Chiefs' head. I think we always go, wow, since he looked really shitty against the Browns. Like every year. And then they come out and then keep playing good football against everybody else. Yeah. And now Baltimore is down a bunch of guys. All the guys. And... So I don't think Baltimore is in a good spot, and I think since he's in a spot only to be better. Okay. And I would have liked this line two weeks ago. I mean, yeah, we intended, if if you guys recall on our first podcast, we said Baltimore's going to come out against the Texans and they're going to look better than they are on offense. And then week two, they play a real defense in the Bengals and they're going to look poor. So they came out and looked poor against the bad defense. It's only getting worse and they've only been injured. Okay, yeah, the Bengals are the right side. I don't think it's an auto bet because it is a division game. The Bengals did look like shit last week. But But the Bengals did look like shit last week. Honestly, I think that builds your argument. I think that's good. I I think that this is a good bet. I don't think it's in our top five because this week is so fucking easy. But you're right. Since he needs to be on our short list. Yeah, I think it's it's a solid bet. They're at home. We should go make sure the weather is supposed to be good. Now, granted, the weather is supposed to be good in Cleveland last week. But that's also Cleveland for you. Let's we have the technology. Let's check the weather. Yeah, it's going to be balmy. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's going to be about 75 and sunny at kickoff. Maybe some clouds, but it shouldn't rain in Cincy at all. Like this entire week or the beginning of next week. So, should be a clean game. Won't have any PTSD for Burrow. I don't know. I I think it's a good spot, although I recognize that it's kind of square. Honestly, it's not. It's not that square. You don't think so? No, one of these teams won last week and one of these teams lost bad. That's fair. Joe Burrow threw for 84 yards. Right. It's just ridiculous. The- like like I said, dude, I think he sucks. I don't think stats matter. That stat matters. That is worse than I ever thought any quarterback could ever do. I think Tua is terrible. I don't think Tua could ever be that bad. I don't think any quarterback... I, that's the worst performance I've ever seen from any quarterback. He wasn't even good enough to commit a turnover. <laughs> like, the ball didn't travel far enough. <laughs> It was it was incredibly bad. That, that was sucks. I watched that game the most intently of any of them. Really, the only one I watched from 
start to finish. And he was horrible. Like, Deshaun Watson was so bad. But people are like, well, honestly, it was kind of all right. Because look how, like, just god-awful Burrow was. Next game? Yeah, let's move on. Next up, we have the Los Angeles Chargers going to play the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are plus three. This is tough. The Titans struggled and barely lost. Oh, I forgot to tell you about this one. In the Saints' side of the field, fourth and short. Fourth and two, I think. Down four points. Guess what Mike Vrabel did? Punted? No, he kicked a field goal. Wow, he's growing. To be losing by one. I'm just happy he didn't punt. You think he touched the ball again? Absolutely not. No. I did see that uh, go ball that Derek Carr threw to ice the game. Yeah, it was nice. That was a nice play. It was a laser. I, that's Derek Carr's the best quarterback they've had in New Orleans in five years. Uh, we're not talking about New Orleans. We're talking about Tennessee and San Diego. The Chargers' defense looks like it could be the worst in the NFL. It looks like it could be an all-time bad defense. But the Titans' offense looks horrible. True, but the Titans' offense can fall back on one thing. Run the damn ball? They'll always run the damn ball decent, and the Chargers are not good against the run. They were okay last week against Miami, but Miami's a bad run team, ironically, because Mike McDaniel was the run game guru for Kyle Shanahan, and now he just doesn't run the ball, and when he does, it's not that great. Uh, The Chargers just don't have the personnel to stop the run, and they just they won't stop the run. So even if the Titans struggle passing, generally, passing on the Chargers is easier than any other team, and they will run effectively. So they will move the ball. And then the question is, what the hell is Kellen Moore? Because the Chargers ran the ball constantly against the Dolphins, and they never threw the ball downfield. They basically limited the effect that Herbert had on the game as much as possible, which is what you want to do when you have one of the top you know, three quarterbacks in the NFL paid like it, too. Mm-hmm. You want to give him the fewest number of opportunities as possible. Don't let him affect the game. Exactly. Uh, and, like, I get it because the run game was working to such a ridiculous degree, but if that's who Kellen Moore is and he comes out trying to run the ball against this sick Titans front, they're screwed. And we honestly don't know what the Chargers' passing game looks like because they didn't really do it. So we don't even know if that's good. And, yeah, Austin Eckler's hurt. I don't even know how that affects things. Do they run the ball with or without him? If he plays, is he good? I don't I don't know. I, I, there's too many variables about this game. I don't know, and I don't want to bet on it, and it's two bad coaches. I just don't want to touch it. Yeah, I kind of want to stay away from it. I think if I went anywhere, it would be the Chargers. I agree. Just because they have a higher ceiling. Absolutely, by miles. And I could see an outcome where the Chargers put up 35 points. Absolutely. And They put up 30 against Miami last week without letting Herbert do anything. Yeah, and... The the Tennessee offense, they might be able to run well, but I just don't think they're explosive enough that they could keep up with that. But it's not a game I really want to bet on just because it's so hard when you have bad coaching and a team that is incomplete in the Chargers. When when you bet on bad coaching, it's gambling. And this week, we have enough opportunities that we don't need to gamble. Although at some point, we have to stop saying we have opportunities and we have to find the opportunities. So let's uh, let's get jumping until we find one. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Next up, another game we probably will pass on. The Seattle Seahawks go to play the Detroit Lions. The Lions are minus five. See, this, I had designs on this game. And then things went to shit. Last week, this line was Detroit minus two and a half. And then they beat the Chiefs. And the Seahawks lost to the freaking Rams. 
The edge in this game is that the Seahawks don't have an offensive line. Both of their tackles are hurt, and their tackles were the only good thing about their offensive line coming into the year. So the Lions are going to screw them. Like, dude, Aiden Hutchinson is going to dominate. Aiden Hutchinson looked incredible against the Chiefs. He was single-handed. He was the only thing the Lions defense had going for them, and the Lions defense held the Chiefs in check. So he's going to destroy Seattle. Don't forget either that this is basically a rivalry game. The Lions are still pissed at the Seahawks for beating them out of the playoffs last year. Please don't blame Baker, but blame Baker Mayfield. The Lions are going to win this game. I just don't like the line. I agree. I, I think the This could be a leg. I think so. It's a pretty decent leg. It's, I don't want to say it's a drop-dead leg, but it's a value leg because it's only minus 5, not minus 7 or 8. Absolutely. I think it's a good leg. I like Detroit to win, but I don't want to bet on anything at minus 5. Especially when, wait for it, we have games we like later. Can we please do one? Not yet. Fuck. Who's up next? Tell me. Next up, we have the Indianapolis Colts going to play the Houston Texans. The Texans are plus one and a half. Do you like stepping in front of large trucks? Not particularly. Oh, then you don't want to bet on this game. Yeah, I agree. How the fuck do you bet on this game? I don't think you can. I don't even know if Anthony Richardson is healthy. He got hurt at the end of last game. I saw that. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he could play. Really? Then why wasn't he on the field to potentially win the game at the fucking goal line for an entire series of downs? They're thinking long term. Well, they're going to think long term this week too then. I mean... No, they got to get their uh, their licks in against future or fellow top pick CJ Stroud. I think I've said everything I need to say about this game. Yeah, I already have scrolled to the next game. All right. Is it one we like? Yeah. Uh-huh. Next up, we have the Green Bay Packers going to play the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are plus one. I fucking love it. We Okay, how is this line? This line is, is cheating. This is easy. Any other week, this would be my best bet of the week. It's really good. I mean, I know the Bears are bad. The Bears so are bad. So people are discounting what the Packers did, but that defense is legit. Here, There's a problem. There is an issue. The Bears are bad. So what the Packers did, you're right. I mean, like, they're right. The haters are right. It's not probably worth what we think it is. Here's the issue. Uh, the Falcons are terrible. They're so bad. If, if you watch that game and you know what Carolina is, it's very easy to come away from it believing that the Falcons might be the worst team in the NFL. Like, they needed a pick six to win that game with any margin whatsoever against the Panthers, and the Panthers are going to be a bottom five team. And it turns out Bryce Young is worse than even I thought. Remember when I was grading Bryce Young in the spring and I would text you every once in a while and be like, dude, I think Bryce Young might be like completely unplayable. And then eventually I would like soften on it and I'd be like, eh, he'll be a game manager or a bridge quarterback. Yeah. It's looking like he's unplayable. Like the preseason, he looked unplayable. And in his first game, he looked completely unplayable. And the Panthers are missing both of their offensive guards. And Iki Iquanu still sucks. And it made the Falcons' defense look good. But we know something about the Falcons' defense. They were really excited to start Jeff Okuda. They're not good. Yes. The Packers also... Okay, the, the one thing that Atlanta has going for them is that they're very odd. They're different, right? They run the ball. They run the ball in weird ways with tons of different personnel that just, like, nobody else can replicate, right? You know what the closest thing to them is? The Green Bay Packers? No, probably the Bears. All they do is run the ball in a bunch of weird ways with a dynamic running quarterback and really good weapons on the outside. And the Packers just played them, and they had a genius strategy. I'm not going to bore you with the details, but basically, they went five linemen. They went five defensive linemen, six dudes in coverage, every play. And they dominated the offensive line because they have Rashawn Gary. Is Rashawn Gary good? Yes. Is Kenny Clark good? Yes. Turns out Lucas Van Ness is kind of good, and uh, 
is it Devontae Wyatt is the one they have, the defensive tackle out of Georgia? There's two of them. Yeah, it is. Because the, so. the Browns had Perrion Winfrey from Oklahoma. I get them confused. Yeah, Devontae Wyatt turns out still good. Guy who started over Jalen Carter. Yeah, good. Uh, Preston Smith, solid defensive end. And Quay Walker was flying around at linebacker. Like, they have a sick front seven. And they just proved they can stifle even the Justin Fields-led run game of the Bears. Which was a really good run game last year. Led the NFL in rushing. Couldn't do much on the ground against the Packers. So the Packers have practice handling this kind of shit. They've done well. And now they're playing against an arguably lesser version. With arguably a worse quarterback. Desmond Ritter can't throw the ball. Average depth of target for the Falcons last week, three and a half yards. That's not going to do it. And they're playing a much better offense than they played last week. I think the Packers roll here. I don't think it's close. I agree. I think the Packers, their offense will be able to put up points because that Falcons defense is horrible and they're going to be able to run on them. And I don't think the Falcons offense is going to be able to do anything. The, the, it, and it's basically a pick em. The only thing that scares me is that it's too easy. It does seem a little bit like a rat line. But I don't care. And honestly, even according to this website, the money is going in pretty even into both sides. So I don't think a lot of people have it as an easy pick. Dude, fuck it. I don't care what other people think. We watch the games. We know. I know. But I'm saying that, like, it feels too easy to us. Like, the, the, only, the only thing that scares me is, like, why is it so easy? They must know something I don't. But fuck them. We're not listening to their podcast. We're making ours. Yeah. I, I think people are probably expecting some regression because the Bears' defense is so bad. And Atlanta did just win, and they were a spicy team last year. And everybody all summer was talking about, well, you got Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and now they don't have Marcus Mariota. They're going to be sick. It's like, ah, it turns out, actually, Marcus Mariota was, like, pretty fucking helpful last year. Yeah, he was fine. I do love Bijan. He's very good. Oh, he's sick. But he's going to be running into five-man lines with eight-man boxes, and he's going to have nowhere to go. I agree. And Desmond Ritter is good at losing games. God, he sucks. Another guy where I thought, like, he could be a bridge quarterback, and it turns out he can't even be that. Yeah, he's, he's just bad. Yeah, he's bad. All right, so that's a bet. Yeah, we got to... Next up. And for the final game in the noon slate, we have the Chicago Bears going to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are minus two and a half. All right, this one is not on the same level as the Packers, but I like the Bucks. I I know we spent all summer saying don't get scurvy, don't don't believe in the Buccaneers, they will break your heart. But Dave Canales legitimately impressed me at their offense as their offensive coordinator. Like they were there was motion on almost every play. They went empty a significant portion of the time. They they let Baker throw the ball around and they made adjustments at halftime to alter their protections and stifle Brian Flores's really creative, really impressive blitz packages. So it, I'm not saying that, you know, Dave Canales is the next Sean McVay, but it looked competent at the very least. Which I was is impressed. a change for the Buccaneers offense over the last few years. And a change for Baker Mayfield. Uh, he, he still suffered from drops like Mike Evans of all fucking people dropped three balls. I think Baker might just throw the ball with butter on it or something because nobody catches it ever when it hits them in the hands. But yeah, I was impressed. And on the, other, on the flip side, the Bears defense looks terrible. They're awful. Eberflus continues to do the thing where he just runs base cover two every single snap, despite having terrible personnel all over. Uh, the Bears' second corner, uh, what's his name? Guy out of Washington, second round pick, Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon's hurt. Their third string corner also hurt. So it looks like they're probably going to be starting like Tyreek Stevenson, undrafted free agent, or maybe late round pick out of Miami. Uh, and he's probably going to have to match up on like Mike Evans. That's a rough draw. That's not great for your first game. Uh, it's also going to be in Tampa. It's going to be 88 degrees or 83 degrees. It's going to be hot. 
It's going to be humid. Tampa's ready for that. Are the Bears. It's pretty hot and humid this summer in Chicago. Also, it's going to be a little rainy, it looks like. Uh-oh. I think that actually helps the Bears, though. It does help the Bears. But then, here's the issue. The Buccaneers' defense is good at one thing and one thing only. Stopping the run. Bringing the heat and stopping the run. The Bears' defense is good at nothing. We already said that. The Bears' offense is good at one thing and one thing only. Justin Fields running. Dude, Devin White is made in a lab to hunt Justin Fields. He's good at one thing and one thing only, being fast. So, I like the matchup enough, and I think that the Buccaneers are just a significantly better team. I don't think that the Bears' corners, even when healthy, can keep up with those wide receivers. I don't think the Bears can generate a pass rush whatsoever, and that's the only weakness of this Buccaneers' offense right now. Line's bad. Not even bad, just messy and unfortunate. It, they still got, like, Hainsey's a good, a legitimately good center. Worfs is a legitimately great left tackle. But then everything else is, like, scary. Nothing else feels comfy. Right, but this is a perfect team you want to play if you don't feel comfortable with your offensive line. Yeah, trot out your backups against the Bears' defensive front. I legitimately don't think they have one dude who belongs starting on an NFL defensive line. Like, Ngakwe needs to be a occasional third-down pass rusher, and he is every snap dude for them. Yeah, it's not good. So... I think we just have a tier mismatch as well as an even draw on the uh, on the advantages. And then finally, I think the Buccaneers are underrated because I don't think people expect their coaching to be this good. And I don't think people expect Baker to be this good. And frankly, Baker's stat line last week didn't look that sick. So people aren't going to realize that he actually played really well and even PFF agrees. PFF normally hates him too. PFF normally hates Baker and PFF also typically is a production-based stat. So the more yards you throw for, the better your PFF grade will probably be. I know they try to grade every snap, but they happen to be very production-tied. Baker had mediocre at best production and a good PFF grade. So that's impressive. Uh, I don't think he played awesome last week, but I certainly think he played good, if not great. Um, I, I don't think there's anything more to say about this game. No, I think it's about Tampa Bay minus two and a half. Go. And on to the three o'clock hour. First up, we have the New York Jets going to play the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are plus five and a half. You want to try that again? New York Giants? Yep. That happens. We're both bad New York teams. Yeah, so I, this is tough. Um, you said it's four and a half? Five and a half. All right, this is how tough it is. Before the Giants got their booty holes played with on Sunday Night Football for everybody to see, this line was four and a half. So it's gotten, the line has gotten less favorable to, pe- well, the line's gotten more favorable to the Giants since they lost 40 to zero. That's how bad Arizona is. I don't want to bet on this game. No. I think this is one we don't even really need to talk about. Leg? This is- Leg? I mean, it probably, but fuck Daniel Jones is bad. And that offensive line is atrocious. I think Andrew Thomas might be out this week. Is he really? I, I saw he was hurt. I think he was, I don't know if he practiced or he was just on the injury report, but. You know what? You're a smart guy. No leg. No leg. Next game. Just, if Andrew Thomas is even fucking hobbled, I don't want to touch this. Yeah, I don't think we need to use this game. No, we're good. Whatsoever. Next game. Next game. Next up, we have the San Francisco 49ers going to play the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are plus eight. 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 Dude, I think there might be value on the Rams. I agree. But I'm sick and tired of betting on the Rams against the 49ers. I simply won't do it. Next game? I think next game. I think there's value on the Rams, but it's not worth it. You know what the value is? If you tease the Rams up to plus 14 and a half, there's just no way they lose. I think it'd be a pretty solid one. But the Rams get their shit pushed in by San Francisco way too often. Well, it's a matchup problem. Yeah, and I don't think that got any better this offseason. The Rams can guard you on the outside. They can't guard the middle of the field. That's all the 49ers do is middle of the field. Yeah. 
All right, next game. And next up, we have the Washington Commanders going to play the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are minus three and a half. I'm going to fight you because this is my favorite bet. I I agree the Broncos are shit. At three and a half, it's a good number for Washington. That's so good, dude. I would kill for that number. But, fuck, Washington's O-line is bad. It's not good. They're bad. It's bad. It's about as bad as it gets. And Washington's D-line is really good. Insane. But I think these are just two bad teams playing each other. And while I also like Howell, it wasn't a stellar debut. I know he's played before, but you know. Uh, Yeah, no, you're right, though. It wasn't stellar. He had to work out some kinks. And I think those will get better. But immediately in week two, I think it might take a little bit. Do you have PFF pulled up still? I can. You're going to want to go to PFF and then look at the lineup of the Broncos on defense. Oh, I mean, the Broncos are dog shit. No, you need to see something. There's something you need to see because it's very actionable. Even if you don't like the commanders uh, as a side, there's a bet here. Tell me what jumps out to you real quick. I would say um, Damari Mathis playing corner two. Yeah, yeah, he's going to line up one-on-one with Jahan Dotson. Last week, the Broncos under uh, Vance Joseph now on D. They had Patrick Sertain follow around Devontae Adams on about 70% of snaps. Which means that uh, Damari Mathis, you said? Yep. Yeah, that's his name. 20 PFF grade is going to be lined up on Jahan Dotson one-on-one all day. Dude, come on. Bet those overs. Receptions, yards, whatever the fuck. Also, just the Broncos' offensive line, or defensive line, did nothing against the Raiders' much maligned offensive line. Which is underrated, but not good. That's true. And, again, I don't know the validity of this site, Betstamp, for those that are wondering. That's the best. But 63% of the money is on Denver. Tickets or money? I don't know what this shows. That shows tickets. Tickets, then. 63 is on Denver? Yes. That means it's the public side, which means everybody's betting Denver. Yes. Because everybody's... And I've actually had this conversation with uh, my cousin, who's a casual. If you're listening, I'm sorry. Uh, This is a must-win game for Denver. They need it. If they lose, then the Russ experiment's a failure. I have news for you. The Russ experiment is a failure. (laughs) Therefore, I expect them to fail in their must-win game because I know what the end is. If you tell me... like, Put it this way. Do you believe Russ is a failure? Yes. Then you believe that they lose this must-win game and prove he's a failure most of the time. I mean, they don't even have to lose either. They could win by three. They could win by three. This is a team that put up how many points against the Raiders' awful defense? All right, but Washington... Great defense. What did they do last week? They did really well. Okay, they beat and covered against the Cardinals. Who we were just talking about are like the worst team. Despite fumbling and giving up a fumble six, fumbles by quarterbacks are random. Sure. Mostly. On a sack? Like, if it's a scramble, that's one thing. But it's a sack fumble at the goal line picked up by the Cardinals. That's seven points right there. Additionally, on the last two drives of the game, the Commanders had the ball in the red zone and got three points out of it because they were just trying to kill clock. They already had the lead. They knew that the game was over. Additionally, Brian Robinson fumbled... At least once, maybe twice. All Everything was unlucky. Everything went to hell. Oh, Sam Howell had a tipped ball interception, tipped by a defensive lineman. These are lots of random chaotic things that all went Arizona's way, and they didn't win. They didn't, they didn't come close. See, I generally would agree with you. However, bad teams 
these things aren't as fluky. Bad teams find a way to do fluky dumb shit every week, and I think Washington's a bad team. I don't think Washington's a bad team at all. I have them as at least a top 15 team. Says a little bit about the NFL, says a little bit about Sam Howell. Eric Bieniemy looked legitimately good, which is encouraging. The run game didn't look very good, but honestly, that's more encouraging because maybe they don't do it as much. And again, the Broncos scored less than 20 points against the fucking Raiders. Name three players on the Raiders' defense. Don't say Chandler Jones. He didn't play. He was having a mental health crisis. Uh, we got Max. Yep. He's great. Probably the best defensive end in the NFL. Nate Hobbs. Who? Nate Hobbs. The slot corner from Illinois? Fuck yeah. Is he even good anymore? I don't know. I don't think so. Mm-mm. You asked me to name players on the defense. All right, and the third one. Don't say Divine Diablo because he sucks. <laughs> That's not fair. Um... Let's see. Who are their safeties? Ah, damn it. Do they still have Jonathan Abrams? Nope. Shit. Their safety is their second best defender, and you can't name them because they're that bad, dude. It's terrible. Trevon Morig? Trevon Morig, yeah. Yeah. So you struggled. You, a good, savvy (laughs) football fan, struggled to name three defenders. I mean, admittedly, I don't much care or follow the Raiders. Dude, it's bad. They suck. And the Broncos couldn't hang. I mean, like, I understand that we're going to make this bet anyway. I'm just going to say... I'm going to make this bet. You can wager against me for a cigarette. I don't want to wager against it because the Broncos are god-awful. Personally? I just think Washington is ripe to do stupid shit. Personally, I have a unit on Washington plus three and a half and another unit on Washington money line. And I love it. And I wish that I had more on the money line, but I'm a bitch. Fair enough. I've got an incredible defense against a terrible offense. A terrible offense that wants to run the ball to mitigate their terrible quarterback, but won't be able to against this front four, which we both agree is elite, 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 elite. Right. We've got a good quarterback with great wide receivers against a secondary that has one player worth starting. Like, seriously, that's a lot of red in the secondary for the Broncos, especially after playing Jimmy Garoppolo. I know, but I'm just looking at the Cardinals' defense. Who's worse? I don't know if it was worse, but even if it was, the commanders moved the ball pretty easily. I, If you asked me, I would legitimately be able to name one player on the Cardinals defense. Yes. If we just went through that same thing, I know Buda Baker. That's it. Yeah. Guard deck is okay. I've never heard of Cottrell Clark. Cottrell Clark is, he was a sixth round pick. Yeah, the Cardinals suck. Marco Wilson. Yeah, they like him. I don't. I was Avon Collins. Um, yeah, not good, but I know who he is. But look, okay, there's a lot less red on that Cardinals defense than there are on the Broncos defense. If anything, that's an indictment of Washington's offense, but... Maybe. It also could... It's a lot because Gannon plays cover four, which just makes it easier on everybody. Uh, we're spending a lot of time on this game, but I really hate the Broncos. Nothing against them. In fact, I... I want them to start Jared Stidham, and I want to like them when they play Jared Stidham because I like Jared Stidham. But even then, I I think that Sean Payton's a bad coach, and I think that this offense is so bad. They won't score 20 points, will they? No. Do you think that maybe the Commanders can get three touchdowns on a bad defense? Maybe. With Vance Joseph's dumbass running it? How many touchdowns are they going to give up, though? Russell Wilson. No, I mean, how many touchdowns is the Washington offense going to give up? Zero. There's no way that happens again. Want to bet? Bet a cigarette. I mean, I don't know if it's more than 50%, but... I'll buy you a pack of cigarettes, and you'll give me one. Uh, Okay, well, we need to put terms to this, because I think it should count if they turn the ball over in their own 35. 15. They turn it over in the 30. 30 or inside. 20. I mean, within the 30, it's a field goal range. Yeah, but that's not a touchdown. I mean, scores is the offense going to give up. But field goal's only half. (laughs) That still counts. 
Still giving up points. The offense giving up points. I will give you one cigarette to one pack of cigarettes that the Redskins do not give up a touchdown on offense or turn the ball over inside the 25. I don't know about touchdown. If you do field goal, I'm in. You have no balls. And it's therefore, you you'll won't. get no cigarettes from me, sir. That's fine. You won't do a field goal. I see how you don't feel that strongly about it. Next game. <laughs> <laughs> so are we betting on it or are we not? I am. We can put it on the side because you're not sold and see if we find five more or four more or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, we know what it's going to be. It's going to be either we bet on Washington or we bet on Cincy. Oh, fuck. It's got to be a competition. We have to have a competition. That's fine with me. Cool. We're doing that. Uh, will we just cigarette on each? Sure. Sweet. All right. Next game. Next game. And for the final game of the 3 o'clock hour, we have the New York Jets going to play the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are minus 9. I'm not touching it. Nope. Don't need to talk about this game. Literally don't need to talk about it. Nope. On to Sunday night. And on to Sunday night, we have the Miami Dolphins going to play the New England Patriots. The Patriots are plus 3. So this is my this is the best bet. Yeah, I think so. I got some news that's going to put some hair on your chest, too. Go for it. So, on its face, it's Miami, a good team with a genius coach and amazing wide receivers against the Patriots who lack talent basically everywhere and have mediocre coaching, right? Right. What if I told you that all five of the Patriots' offensive linemen are either out or severely injured? Or, like, severely hurt, not practicing? That would would help any fear that I had about taking Miami, which really didn't exist even before learning that, but... Literally the entire Patriots' interior offensive line is hurt not playing, and both of their tackles are hurt limited participants in practice. Yeah, let's just bet on Miami. Uh, they're a much better team. Yeah, and Tua has never lost to Bill Belichick. And New England was getting run by Philly until Philly tried to give them the game back. And don't look now, but Jalen Phillips is becoming a superstar. He was everywhere against San Diego, and this time he's not playing against good offensive linemen. Because San Diego is a good offensive line. The Dolphins have, like, a solid front four. The Patriots don't have an offensive line right now. They're going to eat. Yeah, and the Patriots won't be able to keep up with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. No, like even Nobody if, can. Even if the Patriots score 25, you need 40 in this game because I love Christian Gonzalez. He's sick. I don't trust him to guard Tyreek Hill yet. Absolutely not. Who? who nobody can. Nope. It's an impossible task. And like to the extent that Bill Belichick was ever going to find a way to stop Mike McDaniel, it would have manifested itself somewhat last year. In two games, it was utter domination. It was domination, to borrow from Pantera. Nice. I'm not going to put the clip in, just because... You're lazy. We know. Yeah. But it's... This game is... I had two units on Miami minus two. When I heard that the entire Patriots offensive line was out, I got another unit on Patriot or uh, Miami minus three. I love this. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with this bet. I'm good with making it the best bet. Plus, wouldn't it be so poetic and just like history repeating itself? Time is a flat circle. If this season started once again with, is Tua elite? Yeah, we need a little bit of that every year. That'd be fucking hilarious. And then he'll get concussed, and then he'll suck, and then people will blame it on his concussion. This is how things go. There's no, no he, justice. He learned how to fall this offseason. There's no justice. <laughs> yeah, he learned how to fall, and he forgot how to take a snap. Fumbled three snaps. It's obviously the center's fault. One of them actually was. Probably. No, it was. It's a team effort all the way through. Monday night? Yeah, let's move on to Monday night. And on to Monday night, where we have a double header. First up, in the 6 o'clock hour, we have the New Orleans Saints going to play the Carolina Panthers. 
The Panthers are plus three. This is another one I really love. I don't understand how Carolina keeps up. I don't understand why this line is at three. J.C. Horn's hurt. He's not playing. Uh... The Panthers couldn't move the ball against the Falcons, right? It's not a good sign. So the Falcons' defensive coordinator is the, I think, linebackers coach from the Saints. They run the same defense as the Saints. Except the Saints have, like, good players, such as Marshawn Lattimore and, like, Tyron Matthew. Demario Davis. Pete Werner. Like, they have real good players. Cam Jordan. Mm -hmm. Still okay. Better than anything that the friggin' Falcons have. Absolutely. So... They're playing a better version of what destroyed them last week. I don't expect it to go better. Do you? No, I absolutely don't. I'm not overly impressed by the Saints, but I think they're a legitimate football team. Carolina's bad. Well, uh, that's the other thing is Atlanta's offense moved the ball against Carolina without passing. And now we've got the Saints with a good receiving core and Derek Carr, who looks like he's, I almost just said on the come, which feels both old timey and questionable. Yeah, I would have no idea what you meant if you said that to me. To be on the come is to be a rising, good, getting better thing. Where is this from? Britain. Yeah. Additionally, the Saints are going to be a little undervalued because, yeah, they struggled to score against Tennessee last week, right? But Tennessee's got a good defense. We think Tennessee's defense is sick, and most people think it's average at best. So the Saints' big X factor, like one weakness, is that Trevor Penning should not play football. He's very bad. And it's funny because you knew it. Like, you knew it. If you never watched a snap and you just read what was on Twitter and, like, what the hype was about with Trevor Penning, you'd look at it and be like, oh, he sucks. Because all they ever talk about is how nasty he is and how he's great at run blocking. But these are things that don't really matter. Unless you play for the Baltimore Ravens in 2021. Yeah, sure. That'd be great. But the guy, if anybody ever, he can't pass block, dude. He needs to be a defensive tackle. All he does is bull rush every play. Honestly, Uh, get paid better over there, too. True. No, he stinks. The rest of the offensive line is decent, but he stinks. I don't understand how Carolina is supposed to stop them if they couldn't stop Atlanta. I don't understand how Carolina is supposed to score on them if they couldn't move the ball at all against Atlanta. Atlanta is a terrible team. The Saints are a decent team. They're a better version of Atlanta on defense, and they run an offense that will mitigate the one thing. The one thing that Carolina's good at on defense is just like having bodies on the line that'll stuff the run. But you can't do that against the Saints. They'll get the ball out too quick. So it's just it's a game where I don't see an avenue for Carolina to win. I think they could just, in similar ways that they won games last year, where they could just kind of make it dirty. But that's not the coaching staff they have anymore. Frank Reich is never going to make his offense dirty. I think he could. I mean, they, they did some dirty run in football when he was in uh, Indy. Yeah, that wasn't even dirty. It was just Jonathan Taylor being sick. Yeah, they ran a lot, though. And that was how Carolina won games last year, was leaning into the run. But I do think they're going to try and make Bryce Young do stuff because they just picked him first overall and, and obviously believe in him. And boy, he cannot do stuff. Yeah, I mean, again, I did not watch that game beyond a handful of plays, but everything I saw was that he kind of sucked, and his stats agreed with that. It was, I didn't even grade it because it's not worth it. Like, if he continues to play like that, he won't be a starter in a couple years, and therefore there's no reason to build that on him. That's fair. So, this is mostly fading Carolina. I don't think there's necessarily any great matchups in our favor. Oh, there is. There's one. Carolina's missing both of their offensive guards, and Iki Iquanu sucks. So, at least three-fifths of their offensive line will be compromised. And I don't I'm, wait- think- I'm waiting for you to pick up on that. Three-fifths compromise? How dare you? 
They are in Carolina. They love the three-fifth compromise there. I think they're the ones who actually made it happen. Are they? I think North Carolina is the ones who demanded it. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm I'm 90% sure that North Carolina demanded it. Anyway, uh, so having no offensive line against a team that doesn't want to blitz is really advantageous because now you can sit back in coverage. You can have your two safeties go high. You can have Marcus May go high. You can tighten up in man defense, and it's all going to be okay because you can get home with four, even if your forefront, or if, even if your front four isn't sick. Because the Saints don't have a great pass rush, but it'll be enough. Yeah, I think Just I, because anybody would right now. I agree with you in that this is a fade Carolina more than bet on New Orleans. But I think New Orleans, like I said earlier, they're they're a competent team. They're not great, but they'll win games they should. Yeah, and Carolina's bad, and it's a three point spread. As somebody who's like hoping to be a Bears fan again one day soon, it's so cool that the Bears are going to have two top five picks this year and could totally legitimately get Drake May, whom I love. It it'll be really interesting. It it's not possible for the Bears to draft a quarterback I love because it's not possible. I can't I literally can't imagine it. But could you imagine how cool that would be? They only know how to make you sad. So I would be a Bears fan for the first time in a decade. Let's dispel yourself of that notion before you develop any hope about this team and know that they will only do things that make you sad. Well, it, it, the best part is just that, it, like, God forbid the Bears did get Drake May and they were smart enough to move off Justin Fields and get Drake May instead. As soon as I became a Drake May and Bears fan, all of my friends and family would call me a Fairweather fan and besmirch me. Absolutely. 100%. Little do they know, I've been waiting for a reason to not hate them. Also, they would definitely hire, like, Anthony Lynn. No. He's an offensive coach. They'd find whoever's playing the most base cover, too, and hire him. Like go, Lovey Smith or Matt Eberflus. They'll go get uh, Todd Bowles after he gets fired. They might hire Byron Leftwich out of obscurity. Nah, I don't know. All right. I think that's enough about this one. We're betting New Orleans minus three. I love it. Cha-ching. And for the final game of week two, we have the Cleveland Browns going to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are plus two and a half. So this line's moved a little bit. It was Steelers plus one and a half before uh, the shellacking that was San Francisco visiting them. This game is tough. So the number one handicap out of this is uh, Cam Hayward's hurt. Right. So the Steelers will be weaker up the middle. I don't know how much it matters just because their edges are still sick as all hell. Larry Ogunjobi is still a good defensive tackle. Do you know who they have uh, replacing Cam Hayward? It is Montrevious Adams. Okay, that stinks because I liked Montrevious Adams coming out of Auburn because I was like, this guy is big and so athletic. How could he not be a good nose tackle? And he just hasn't worked anywhere. But he can stop the run by being large. Uh, I've seen the handicap from people I really respect that the Browns are just going to be able to run the ball all over the Steelers because with no Cam Hayward, one, the Steelers would be worse on Rundy. And two, even if they're not that much worse on Rundy, the Browns will just be more encouraged to run the ball because there is a perceived weakness. And the Browns are better when they run the ball because it means Watson is not throwing the ball at the ground. Right. And I kind of like that handicap, but I am so worried about Deshaun Watson. I am so worried betting against a team that just got embarrassed in week one. No team will ever be more excited to play a football game than this Steelers team. Mike Tomlin is going to have them buzzing. 
I agree that that advantage goes to the Steelers because the Browns just won a game. They beat up on the Bengals, a team that was talking shit before the game. They lost to some elves. Yeah, friggin' elves. So I think the Browns are going to be riding high, and the defense looked incredible. They ran well, but God, did Deshaun look bad. So I don't know if they necessarily should be riding that high. And you're right. The Steelers have Mike Tomlin, who, if anything, is good at getting his guys to play well. And they just come on, are coming off of that embarrassing fucking loss. So I think the motivation is on the Steelers. It's in Pittsburgh. It's a divisional game. Which actually, I think, maybe helps the Browns because teams are going to be up for divisional games no matter what. But maybe the Browns do have a little less energy because they already were up for a Bengals game. This this is something that worries me. I I think that recent games are important. And in Week 15 of last year, when the Steelers had really nothing to play for, and the Browns were under the impression that if Deshaun Watson became himself again, they could make a playoff run, the Steelers beat them by like 20 points. This is true, but even at that point, the Browns were pretty they were pretty done on the season. That's when the, the the entire defense quit. True. On Joe Woods, which rightfully so, but still they all quit and Deshaun, I feel like people are kinda like, All right, he he's he's rusty. Yeah. He just needs to get back. So I don't know. I think the Browns kinda quit at the end of last year as well. But Deshaun does worry me. I think what makes me feel better and why I would lean Browns is that Kenny Pickett is the Steelers quarterback. So I think they're on pretty level fucking playing fields as far as that goes. And you still have Miles Garrett against a bad offensive line. Yeah. And, I mean, the Steelers still have Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt, but the Browns' line is good. I mean... I think it gets better now that Jed Will... Or, uh, no. Dewan. Well, I thought Jed Wills got hurt for a second, and I think Dewan Jones is better than him. Mm-hmm. But but Jack Conklin's actually pretty good, so it's a it's a lateral move. Um, on the other side, Chuksakorafor got hurt, the left tackle. But I think the Steelers' third tackle is actually better than their. I think they got better. I think their best tackle was on the bench. I don't know. I think that O line's kind of bad. They as got is. They, they got Broderick Jones, right? Yeah, I think so. Broderick Jones is the best offensive tackle on that roster, and now he has to play. So they actually got better by nature of losing their left tackle. Sure, but I still, still don't bad. think it's a good line. <laughs> it's still a bad line, and it still has to stop Miles Garrett. And I think you know we'll see about the Browns, and if it was just Week One, but. We've talked about them having the talent for years. Yeah. And now they really have the talent because they short up the D-line position and deep safety. Yeah. But Jim Schwartz came in and has them playing like they looked like an elite defense last week. I actually took a note. I think that's the single largest misconception of week one. I think it was just Joe Burrow being that bad. You think? I'm very sure. I You watched it, dude. Like... He couldn't throw the ball five yards. He couldn't, but the Browns were all over him, they, too. They were. They, were, they were getting after it with the D-line, and the corners were sticky as shit. But I think a lot of that is because they knew they could squat because he can't throw to the linebackers. So you can pull everybody way up and just play a way shorter field. See, I don't think that's going to be that different playing against Kenny Pickett, though. I think they're going to continue to play press man, and the Browns' corners looked really good doing okay. it last week against better receivers. Kenny Pickett is not good. But I don't think any high school quarterback could be worse than what Joe Burrow was. That's, I mean, that's fair. But Kenny Pickett is bad. Yeah, yeah if I disagreed, I'd be splicing a hair. Yeah, he's not good. 
So I don't think there's really like that much room for it to get better. Like he's just not a good quarterback and they have a bad line and the defense is a couple of guys and then a bunch of shitters. I don't know. I just don't think the Steelers are that good and I think the only reason to not bet on the Browns is just like a the Steelers are coming off of a loss and typically beat up on the Browns and Deshaun looked like shit. But Deshaun has always kind of looked like shit. And the Browns still win games for the most part. Yeah, they're about 500 with him. And he's only been terrible. Yeah, like horrible. And I think they're a better team now. And like, yes, the weather was crazy and Joe Burrow was unworldly bad. But they still just shit down the throat of the Bengals. And the Steelers are a worse team than the Bengals by a lot. Something about this game just feels off. I feel like the Steelers are going to do something. I agree. And it might just be the the Browns fan that's buried deep inside of me that is going, the Browns should win this game. There's a a Browns fan inside of you? It's it's still in there. If Deshaun's gone... (laughs) There's always a Browns fan inside me, Joe. (laughs) Deep inside me. All right, so I I think we should summarize because we've talked as much as we can about this Browns game. Classic. Right? Even Baker's gone. And I don't root for them anymore. Well, it is puzzling. So so let's just, let's summarize. Our four bets that we are sure we're making. We know that we like Green Bay minus one. Right. That feels like the nuts. Like that could be a best bet. It could be. We have Tampa minus two and a half. Not a best bet, but a good bet. We have Miami minus two. That's our best bet for sure. I think we have minus three for the pod, but. You're right. You're right. We have New Orleans minus three. That could be a best bet. Like in like normal week? Yeah. So that's four bets we love. And then I love Washington. You like Cincy. And we both kind of a little like Cleveland, but are scared. So what do we do? Pick, we need to pick one of them to go in the, in the Super Contest. And then we need to figure out what we're doing with the other two. Well, I like for just the pod, my fifth is Cincy and your fifth is Washington. Because I feel better about Cincy than I do Cleveland. Unfortunately, we only have one Super Contest entry, though, so like we need to pick one. I mean, I feel like if it's a battle between Washington and Cincy, we should go Washington for two reasons. One, they have the hook, and they're getting points. Three and a half is so nice, dude. Compared to Cincy is minus three. And ultimately... You're the decision maker here. I didn't really even watch fucking football last week. I was at a wedding out of town. It's chaos. Yeah, I. As long as you are the one making that decision, I'm more than happy to make Washington the fifth pick. Mm-hmm. But I think we should definitely make Cincy and Cleveland like half unit bonus picks. Yeah, I like that. It's it's tough. There's so many good bets, but. Yeah, I really like this week, which scares the shit out of me, and I'm terrified we're gonna be back here in a week going like, well. We went one in four. I feel like the bullshit report could be real devastating next week. It could be. It really could be. We could be shoveling shit. Uh, I will throw out there, I'd be cool with making Green Bay another best bet. I want to do it. Just because, fuck, they're minus one. Right? Against Against a bottom five team. Yeah, like it's a good number and it's a good matchup. New Orleans, since they're right at minus three, I'm not as pumped to do. And New Orleans is a low-scoring team. They could push that. Yeah, so I think New Orleans, we leave at just one unit. But I like doing both Green Bay and Miami as best bets. Yeah, I mean, if you can find Miami at two, which you cannot, uh, that is the most best bet. But because it's now minus three, I think they are equally best bet. Cool. So our bets are Green Bay, best bet. Tampa Bay, Washington, because I am a tyrant. 
Miami, best bet. New Orleans, not a best bet, but almost a best bet. And then little side half unit bonus bets on Cincy and Cleveland, which is so gross to say after watching them play last week. Absolutely. But they are the right sides. I think so. Football's bad. You got to bet on not great teams. Football's bad. There aren't many good quarterbacks, and the ones that exist almost all have terrible offensive coordinators. It's an unjust world. No, there's no justice here. And on that note, Taylor fail. Uh, please bet on football games. Asta.